Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest in rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Chino, and I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate, it's Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, everybody, before we get started with today's awesome show, go down to the bottom of this video and subscribe to our channel, like this video, comment on this video, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. We have shows coming out weekly, and we'd love to hear from you. Nick, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know what? I got some uh, some music in the mail. You know, I ordered oh, some, uh, some albums on the internet, and I thought I would share them with you and with yeah, the audience yeah. as well, um, because I always enjoy getting some new music in the mail. I enjoy going to the store as well, but there's still not really that option <laughs> right now uh, yeah. in, uh, in Hamilton. But uh, I picked up uh, the new album from Weezer. Got some Van Weezer right. action, which is awesome. Right. I really, really love this record. It's uh, it's fantastic. Rock album review for that up on the channel right, right. now. Right. Also got the new uh, Royal Blood, a little awesome. uh, little Typhoons. Actually, this is a very cool. Uh, I don't know. Would that be holographic? I don't know what you would call that. I guess yeah, it's like it's like a hologrammy lenticular. Yeah. Would that be the name? Lenticular. Yeah. Shiny. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure the treatment, but like, it's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then uh, this one just came today. My man, the chief, the genius himself, uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, Back the Way We cool. Came, Volume 1. Uh, this is the deluxe edition. Um, and obviously, the first thing I do when I get any new CDs or any new vinyl, any new music of any kind, Dave, is I sniff the booklet. Oh, yeah, you take a little, little, yeah. get it in there. Get that it freshly, in the nose that freshly printed Mm, smell of new music. Uh, this is a really cool book as well. It's got like tons of photos in it, three discs, bonus disc in there with some instrumentals and some remixes and stuff. So I also have an LP version of this coming very soon for the cool. Oasis collection. Uh, yeah, but that's what I've, uh, that's what I've been doing. Just buying some music, you know, that's how you do it. You got to support your favorite artists. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. I, I, so you went and bought those. Eh? I thought maybe they were like, hookup. Okay. what was like, that? Yeah, okay. You bought those, eh? I thought yeah. maybe it was like a music hookup. Like oh, maybe, I wish. Maybe, you know, I wish. Even not. when I was working at the radio station, I never got any hookups for, well, for anything big, at least. I would I was always get lots of free stuff from indie bands and stuff, which is great. I'm not going to knock that, but uh, I never really got a lot of free music from the bands that I that I was a huge like you fan like. of. Yeah, yeah, nor, yeah, nor did we ever get concert tickets. <laughs> you think I was working yeah. at a radio station, you get some more hookups, but it uh, didn't really happen. Yeah, very rarely, very rarely. Yeah. Have you had a chance to listen to the new uh, Mammoth WVH album yet? Oh, dude, it's so cool. There's so many cool tracks on it. Yeah, for sure. We put up a rock album review on the channel. Uh, this might be one of my favorite rock albums of the year so far. You know, you and I are always on the same page in terms of uh, what we like in music. Not always, but most of the time we're on the same the page time. when it comes yeah. to what we like uh in music and i think mammoth wvh scratches all the itches that we both feel in rock it's got big drums big oh, guitar yeah. the vocals are incredible wolfgang van halen can really belt it out with the best of them uh and he did all the instruments on on this record himself it's just so impressive uh and i'm just really happy for the guy he's super talented yeah man it's it's like the singles that he put out are a very good like snapshot of what's to come from that band you know and it's yeah. uh or that that project and uh, yeah he's great man you can't deny like, he's undeniable he's he's great at everything he's doing he's playing the drums he's you know he's had some great teachers along the way you know <laughs> yeah, i'm sure so. like for sure like, like two of the like he's he's like really close with two of the best frontmen ever of rock 
right. with David Lee Roth and uh, Sammy Hagar. And then your dad, you know, your dad and uncle or who they are, like, <laughs> it's not, you know, you yeah. Know, those kind, you know, those kids, those kids that grow up that way. You know, I was watching something the other day with uh, Jack Black's kid. And Jack Black's kid is a normal kid, except that on Sundays, Tony Hawk comes over <laughs> and gives him skateboarding lessons. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's it's hilarious. So like, so like, I, you know, it's one of those things. Um, so yeah, but when you're one of those legacy kids, like Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk has a son yeah. who's a skateboarder too. And when you're a legacy kid like that, the pressure is on. That kid will probably never be Tony Hawk, but Wolfgang getting some has, a good, has a good chance of, holding that torch for the uh for the next generation for sure i think i think he's very much uh, well on his way to to carrying that torch for his dad and the music's different memmet wvh is much more sure. of a, a hard rock modern rock sure. uh record than what van halen was doing but uh yeah the torch is being carried the music is super strong and it's already uh, one of my favorite rock records of 2021. So you can check out our rock album review for Mammoth WVH. It's up on the channel uh, right now. And Dave, for us, for our band, Fool's Union, we got together with our guitar player, John Daly, on the weekend, and we actually played music together. It was pretty incredible. It was glorious. Wasn't it a glorious coming together? It was. We waited it was so long. Oh, my God. I feel like a little bit, now I'll probably get heat for this, but I feel like we've gone away, like, you know, for war or something. And then we, we've... Yeah finally come back like where have you been you know because for for some time nobody really knew what was going to go on like yeah. people were afraid they were going to die so like you throw that element in the missing people and people you see on a regular basis and trying to keep everybody safe it, it's uh yeah it was great it was great to see everybody and it was great to hang out jam a little bit yeah, play some music shop and yeah. you know have some hamburgers and you know yeah, it was awesome. It was, some Twizzlers, really nice. had some Twizzlers in there too. It's really nice to get back into the uh, the conversation and the uh, you know not so uh, doom and gloom. Yeah, it was it was great. So we got together and played some music, and hopefully, with uh, the condition of the pandemic, you know, improving in most areas, we're we're really rooting for everybody, uh, you know, to get vaccinated and for everybody to stay healthy. So the more that that happens, the more that we can get back to the rock. And uh, it was it was just a little taste that we got this past weekend that was very enjoyable playing with you guys getting absolutely in real life. Um, so let's get to uh, this week's Rock Squad podcast. Let's give you a rundown on how we do things here on the show. Uh, coming up, we'll get to our headliner topic, which this week uh, we're changing things up a little bit and having a little bit of a broader conversation that isn't news related. We're going to be talking about our favorite summer rock album summer's just around the corner we're pretty much already there so we'll be talking about that on our headliner topic uh, this week and then first we got to get to our opening act topic some of the big rock music news items that are happening right now in the uh, the world of rock music news and uh dave there's actually quite a few topics that i put on the uh, on the board for this week i had a couple of topics already chosen and then some things uh broke today that i thought were very interesting so let's get to those the first one being that the food fighters have announced a new record store day release as the dgs they've announced a, a new uh, record store day exclusive album called hail satin i think is how you would say it under the name the dgs covering disco heats uh, hits by the bgs it it's going to feature five of their tunes, uh, plus some live cuts of tunes from Medicine at Midnight that they recorded at Studio 606 in L.A. This is going to come out on July 17th. Um, are, are, are we excited for this, Dave? What do you think about the Foo Fighters going disco on this thing? I think it's fun. You got to have fun with uh, Record Store Day and you got to do fun things. And When you're in a 
when you're in a legacy project like the Foo Fighters and you're expected to do one thing all the time and you step out of the box and you have extra material outside of the box, you got to do something with it. And I think this is really cool. I think that uh, it's very well known and documented that those guys love the 70s and love all types of different music. So, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be cool. You know, we don't there's not a ton of Foo Fighters covers either. So it's uh, well, there are, but there are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like official release stuff. There's not. So it's uh, it's cool to get some, uh, you know, something different. I think that the, the latest record is very 70s groove and it has lots of those lots of those pop elements from the 70s that was that were so prominent. So, yeah, it's cool, man. Do something fun. It's record store day. It's something to add to your Foo Fighters collection. I'm sure you'll you're into it. I think, you, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very into it. You know, I think the Foo Fighters do disco very well. And Dave Grohl said uh, in an interview that he said this is the easiest thing that they've ever recorded because of all the falsetto vocals that he had to do. He's used to screaming his lungs out. So to be able to soften things up and sing, you know, a little Bee Gees style stuff, I think is a a cool break for him. And um, I don't usually line up for a record store day. We just had the first drop this past Saturday. Uh, I wasn't anywhere near record store day for RSD this year, but I'm thinking I might get this because the thing that would get me out to record store day is to be able to get material that you can't get anywhere else. And as far as I know, these disco covers are only going to be on this, um, on this release on record store day on July 17th. So who knows, I might have to get up early at the crack of dawn and, and go, uh, and go line up for, uh, for this thing. And we've been talking, you know, this is our 13th episode of the podcast. We've been talking about Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters for the better part of these 13 episodes, because there's always something new, uh, coming out with the Foo Fighters, whether it be Medicine at Midnight or the What Drives Us documentary, uh, the stuff he's doing with his mom on their show about uh, about rock moms, the book, all these different things. They just got back together and played their first show in a long time uh, in California over the last couple of days. So um, Foo Fighters are definitely dominating 2021 so far. Nonstop, man. We talk about <laughs> we talk about Dave Grohl and something he's doing um almost every week so yeah. uh it's uh it's one of those things uh, it's great though like we're huge food fighters fans so and i'm sure lots of people are huge food fighters fans yeah. so you know what a treat for the last two years three years to be like one thing you know documentary book this and that yeah. like it's great it's awesome and i like i've said it before i think that that band will probably uh slow down a little bit in the next couple yeah. of years so Take it while you can get it, man. Like, think of all those bands that people loved in the 80s and stuff, like like a Van Halen who, you know, like it was kind of, you never knew when shit was going to happen. You never, like, yeah. just take yeah. it. Take as much as you can, absorb it. You never know when it's going to end. So I'm, I'm all for it. Did you, uh, I don't want to get political or anything on the show, but did you hear about how there were protesters at their show uh, the other night in California, anti-vax protesters? Uh, because the Foo Fighters show and the one they have coming up at Madison Square Garden this weekend are all for fully vaxxed people. Um, and I don't agree with shaming anybody if they're not getting vaccinated, but it's like, hey, if you want to get in the Foo Fighters show, go get your shot. You're good to go. Sure. <laughs> you can go see as many shows as you want. Yeah, man. Like, I, you know, people have, you know, people can choose for themselves and do their own thing. Uh, you know, we're, we're vaccinated. So, like, you know, that's where we stand. We want people to be happy and healthy and protect yeah, other people. Shows. So, yeah. Yeah. And go get out and see some shows. So, you know, if you're not going to play ball and you're, you know, I feel <laughs> what I do feel bad for is the people that 
have maybe a condition or something where they right. can't get vaccinated. Yeah. And that's a shame that they get left out of that kind of scenario. But for anyone else who's just trying to be a good person and get their shit together, and I think yeah. that do it and come to some cool rock shows. It seems yeah. to be the way that it's moving. Yeah. I'm not we sure, you know, not... we're doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. Like it's one of those things, like I think it's pretty proof and uh, proven to be safe and, you know, hundreds of millions of batches distributed worldwide and very yeah. few uh situations uh you know negative situations out of it so if this gets us back to a normal state where people aren't sick and we're not worried about infecting everyone we know and you know it's the way it is so yeah hopefully it's too bad that they had to protest and like i said those poor people that can't get in because of a medical condition or something Mm -hmm. but hopefully this all just goes away and we won't have to worry about it yeah, for sure. We don't want to get too deep into the weeds about that stuff. But, sure, sure. Uh, it was in the news this week, so I just wanted to mention it since the Foo Fighters have have dominated the headlines so much so far this year. But we're looking forward to this new uh, disco record, this uh, Record Store Day exclusive, Hail Satin, I suppose it will be called, be coming on, on uh, July 17th. So let's get to our next opening act topic on the Rock Squad podcast this week, and that is the Beatles Get Back documentary is becoming a six-hour uh, limited series Uh, The Lord of the Rings director, Peter Jackson, uh, is doing a redo, essentially, of the Let It Be movie from from 1970 that originally came out. Uh, And it was going to be a feature film that was going to come out in movie theaters, but instead, they're turning it into this this series. It's actually becoming longer than it was originally intended. So it's going to air on Disney Plus with three two-hour installments that are going to happen over the American Thanksgiving uh, weekend. So November 25th, 26th, and 27th. Um, the movie's going to include tons of never-before-seen remastered footage. Uh, there's almost 150 hours of stuff that we've never seen that was shot back in uh, January of 1969. It might, might not be, you know, that long, um, you know, that we're thinking it's not going to be 150 hours, but it's definitely going to be. Uh, it's definitely going to be cool. So, are you looking forward to this new documentary series, Dave? Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely looking looking forward to it, but. Who the fuck's surprised that Peter Jackson couldn't edit a movie? Yeah, for Nobody. sure. Well, pe- people on the Nobody. internet are calling this Lord of the Ringos, is what they're oh, calling. Yeah. I heard, that's oh, what yeah. I heard. That's what I read somewhere. Like when I read that in like 150 hours, I'm like, this will be four months long. Yeah, it'll be exactly. four months long. Like they still haven't said that uh, out of those six episodes, each one's three and a half hours long. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it takes place in New Zealand now. They've moved the Beatles to <laughs> Yeah, for sure. They're all hobbits you know? now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, like, obviously, I was looking forward to the uh, edited down version that was supposed to come, and so I'm absolutely thrilled that I get more Beatles yeah. and more uh, old uh, footage to get through. Like, that's, it's amazing, and anyone who's a Beatles fan, I think, is super stoked to see those sessions and uh, just, the, just the trailers that they've been putting out of the of the movie it, it look yeah. amazing some of the footage with yoko and sitting there and they're writing get back and like all these all these legendary songs that you know you've only ever heard and now you're seeing how the you know how the pie was made right um, it's super exciting super exciting as a fan and a, and a songwriter yeah i i actually just uh watched all the hobbit movies and lord of the rings extended editions in total it was 20 hours of viewing i didn't do that all in one sitting but it was 20 hours 
of viewing. So if I can do that for Lord of the Rings, I feel like I could go much longer for the Beatles because they're one of my favorite bands of all time. So I think yeah. I could sit there and, and watch as much of it as they wanted to give me. Uh, so I'm glad that this is expanding into a limited series. And there's so much material out there that we're, that we're getting to see that we haven't seen before. And the thing about the original Let It Be documentary is that it hasn't been officially released on any sort of home video format in the last 40, 50 years, um, because I don't think the band thought very highly of it. It has this reputation of showing the Beatles as being this dour band that was breaking up in January of 1969, which is very true. They went on to make Abbey Road after Let It Be, of course, but um, they were breaking up in that time period. There was a lot of miserable stuff happening because they initially started recording the album at Twickenham Film Studios. So they were in this big film warehouse that they were trying to write the songs and record the songs and film the songs at the same time that wasn't working. So eventually they went over to uh, Apple studios on Savile row and finished the, the record inside their own studio. And that improved the situation, but um, it'll be interesting to see if Peter Jackson's going to try to put this kind of smiley face, this happy uh, go lucky uh, filter onto the Beatles when they're, when they're breaking up. But uh, either way, I'm still excited to, to see this thing. Let it be. Isn't my favorite Beatles album, but uh it's still still the Beatles, so I'm gonna take it. Still better than most bands. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> better than most bands ever. Yeah. Right um, on. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. So that's coming out November 25th, 26th, 27th. You got your weekend all set. You're gonna be watching the Beatles on Disney Plus. I would have yeah. gone to the movie theater to see this, but sitting and watching on Disney Plus is just as just as good for me. It- is this a staggered release or are they dumping it all at one time? It'll be those three days, 25th, 26th, 27th. They're going to drop three awesome. parts, three days in a row. So oh, sure. cool. that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Get back the happier version of let it be uh, what well, we're going to continue in the Beatles vein for the next opening act topic. And that is George Harrison's all things must pass box set. Uh, they're marking the 50th anniversary of uh, George Harrison's debut solo album, uh, a new box that's going to be released with a new remix of the original tapes remastered. It's going to sound great, I'm sure. Uh, and they're also releasing this thing in a $900 Uber Deluxe edition that's going to come with, check this out, Dave. It's going to come with eight LPs, five CDs, a Blu-ray. Uh, it's going to come with a book and it's going to come in an, art- an artisanal designed wooden crate. It's going to feature uh, 47 demos, unreleased tracks, uh, comes out August the 6th. And, you know, I'm excited for this because I love George Harrison. I love All Things Must Pass. His debut solo album is incredible. The rest of his solo albums I'm not so big on, but uh, as far as the debut solo albums from each of the Beatles go, I would say All Things Must Pass um, is, is up there. But when I was reading the description of this of this box set, I was thinking that the, the reissue game has gotten completely out of control because... Um, that is such, I know it's such a huge part of the record industry and record sales overall. There's a reason why labels continue to reissue these classic albums over and over again is because they sell. But then I thought that this is the reissue game, uh, jumping the shark because you have a $900 artisanal box set crafted box. And I think, where where are people going to put this thing? You know, where are you going to put it in your house? Uh, are you going to put it on a shelf? It's just going to sit there and take up room. The music on the thing is the most important thing, of course, to get all these different unreleased tracks and demos and outtakes, a new version of the album that's going to sound great, I'm sure. That I'm looking forward to, but they've definitely jumped the shark in, in, in terms of 
how big they're making these reissues. Um, and they're scraping the bottom of the barrel with these, with these releases or scraping the bottom of the artisanal wooden box with these releases. And I'm thinking, okay, if this is the 50th anniversary of this record, this should be the last reissue of this album or of any album. The Beatles just, you know, did 50th reissues of the white album and Abbey road and all those ones. Are you really going to do a 60th anniversary edition of these records? I feel like the, the, the line has to be drawn somewhere, even if we are big fans of these bands. Yeah. Like the best part is like the NFT is going to sell for 2 million. Uh, I know that that's, that's the next thing for sure. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I don't know, man, if you're a huge fan, like you're a huge fan of, of bands like that. There are like, you know, I, I don't think they're making 200,000. I think they're, you know, this is probably going to be in short, short supply, they'll, but they'll yeah. still sell them. I'm sure they'll sell I'm them. Sure, yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, it's, it, that's just part of the industry. That's, uh, it's, it's always been like that. They're always trying to look for another way to sell the same thing to everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they've done it the whole time, eight tracks, the records, the LPs, like all the way through cassette CDs and, you know, you bought it all the way and along and now you're paying, now we're paying monthly for it, you right. know? So it's, it's, there's always something. So like, I, as someone who makes art, I get the idea of having something like that out, but I don't, he's not making it. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's not like he put together the box set. So well, his son, his son, Danny did have some stuff, has some, uh, some say in it as well. He helped some say, but like, but so it's, yeah. you know, but he didn't do it. So it's like, it's not like he was like, I need to uh, compile this thing and put it in this artisanal box. Like, yeah. so to me, that's kind of like, it'd be different if it was like Metallica and like, <laughs> you know, James Hetfield and Lars were smashing out the, uh, CD trays in a garage or something. You know what I mean? I was like, Ooh, they, like they touched it. They have, George Anderson has nothing to do with this. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so it is cool if you're a fan of it and I get it. Like, you know, if you have the extra cash to do it. Um, but uh, it's not, I, I like personal things from artists. So like compilations sometimes to me come off as, you know, not, not true to form. And <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good though. It's he's alive. He's Again, alive and like aware right. of what's going on. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. But yeah, this is, so, yeah. A, this isn't an artisanal box. This no, whole gallery, no, no. right? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a promotional avenue for him, you know, and mm. and uh, but yeah, if you like George Harrison and you love, and I'm sure there are millions of people that do, and I'm sure they'll have no problem selling those boxes. Most vinyl right now is being sold from reissues and all that jazz. Mm. So, uh, for the music fan, for the Beatles fan, for the George Harrison fan, obviously two thumbs up. The box is probably beautiful. You're probably <laughs> not going to spend nine hundred bucks on a better box set. So, uh, yeah, it is, you know, that's, that's the world we're in right now. The thing I'm wondering is like, will the bands of today, 50 years from now, be releasing their artisanal box crates of no, unreleased no. demos? No, no <laughs> definitely no. not. No, it's no. not. What would, what would be in, what would be in the, your, like, if we put together, like, like one of these box sets, what would be like something, if this one's in an artisanal box, what would yours be? Like, what would be the thing that's like. You know, I maybe I like a golden like, guitar case or something. I don't know. I would get more personal. I would send like like baked goods or like like a, something pickled. Right. Like you get like you get like a, a vinyl Dave's Dill pickles, and 
you know, something something wacky that people are like, I gotta have it. I gotta is, have. Is that it. your new side hustle that you haven't told me about yet? Are you pickling stuff? Is that what you've been doing pickling? during the pandemic? Not yet. Pickling Not yet. Things? Maybe. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the cusp of becoming a full time pickler. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know the the album itself, uh, the the crate aside, the box aside, and all this other stuff. The album itself, all things must pass, uh, is an incredible record. Uh, My sure. sweet lord. All things must pass. The title track, uh, "Beware Amazing. of Darkness." So many, so many great songs. Wawa, isn't it a pity? Uh, so many great songs on that record. Uh, it's a classic. Uh, yeah. I don't even think I don't think I have a copy of that record. So no. uh, I might not go for the full box, but maybe I will go for the slightly smaller CD version that comes out because I don't think I have that one in my collection. Yeah. Also, nine hundreds harsh. Yeah, that's a good. You can buy much more with that. You know, you can buy. A, you, can, you can buy a really nice guitar and write yeah. fifty more songs with that kind of. Thing. Yeah, for sure. Kind of moolah. Just say, <laughs> just say it. My, just I would buy. I would buy instruments. That's just what we're saying. You don't have to do what we're doing. You can do your own yeah, thing, yeah. right? We're just <laughs> making suggestions. All right, let's get to our next opening act topic. You know what, Dave? There are a lot of things to talk about. This was another thing that came out over the last couple of days that I thought we should uh, talk about, and that's that Soundgarden have regained control of their social media accounts. The so surviving members of the band um, have regained access to their website, their Facebook, their Twitter, and Instagram after coming to a temporary agreement with Chris Cornell's uh, widow, Vicky Cornell. We've talked about it, the, the, this on the show before. Uh, yeah. So now the band's going to be able to post on their accounts and the thing that they stipulated specifically when they were uh, mentioning that they had gotten uh, access to their accounts is that they're asking fans to basically not be jerks, <laughs> just to be cool. They're asking them to refrain from conspiracy theories about Chris Cornell's death. Uh, they're asking them to refrain from hurtful comments about Chris Cornell's family or the band or anybody in between. Uh, and their, their hope is to focus on the music and, and Soundgarden's legacy overall. I think that's a really good idea. I'm glad that the band has regained access to their social media accounts because uh, we said this up before on the show is that, yeah, obviously Chris Cornell's wife, that is his wife. And that is somebody that he was extremely close to, but Soundgarden and those guys are the, are the people that he made the music with. And I think it's only right that they have access to their, uh, to their to their their you know their social media stuff and it makes sense that they would want fans to just kind of cool it with a lot of the rhetoric that's been going around around the band over the last little while i think the the arguments between the parties hasn't really helped the situation and obviously fans have gotten embroiled in that themselves but i think overall this is a step in the right direction for the legacy of soundgarden yeah, Vicky, take a hike. No, no, I'm, just joking. No. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Dave's taking a hard uh, yeah, line. No, no, yeah. no, 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 uh, no, 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 not at all. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Yeah, if there's if there's no animosity between the parties, then there shouldn't be. It's no one else's business what's going on. I am yeah. super excited that uh, Soundgarden got all their stuff back, and that you yeah. know, they're. I think the right thing is being done. Uh, you know, I think it was made pretty clear in the last lawsuit that uh, the money that Vicky thought was floating around just simply wasn't floating around. Yeah. It wasn't a matter of her being shorted. It's just that's not the world we're in right now. So, uh, yeah, no. And obviously, yeah, they're uh, they're classy guys. And, you know, I think all those guys are family men now. And uh, it's everyone's still very sad about what happened with the. Uh, with Chris and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very big of them to make a statement like that, to get all those dumb dumbs to stop posting stuff on online and uh, hurting people's feelings. Cause you know, being nice is better. 
<laughs> for sure. Well, it is the internet, so we, we can only expect the worst when it comes to comment sections on social media. Uh, but what we're, yeah, we're saying this is the step in the right direction. Uh, we know that there are unreleased Soundgarden songs that they did work on with Chris Cornell before he passed away. I'm hoping, as we are trying to focus on the, the, the band's legacy and their musical uh, legacy, that I am hoping that they can get more of an agreement together to finish those demos. I know that the Soundgarden guys, uh, the same thing with the social media stuff and the website stuff, they didn't have access to any of those tapes. Um, so I'm hoping that this is a step in the right direction for Vicky to hand over those tapes and for those guys to release and, uh, and we'll finish and then release the music because I think we would all really, really want to hear it. Uh, when yeah. Soundgarden put out King Animal in 2012, which was their big reunion, that record uh, exceeded all expectations um, when it comes yeah. to a band coming back after that long and trying to do something creative like that. It really, really hit uh, hit everything on all the right all, right, all the right notes. It held the right cylinders. So uh, fingers crossed this could lead to you know them finishing some Soundgarden stuff. Yeah, I sure hope so. Like, I'm sure there's tons of material and even uh, older material, too, that it would be nice to have just the open mm -hmm. channel with yeah. the band as opposed to having to go through the estate right. and uh, doing all that stuff and letting them kind of pick and choose what they think would best represent their band and their uh, legacy. And uh, yeah, man, I, I'm, I really hope like I like a lot of the, the last couple of years of Soundgarden and their return. Uh, we've talked on this show a few times about um, how many like checking out different shows and different yeah. sound checks and stuff and really getting a vibe for what that band is all about so it's extremely sad what happened but uh, I think that all the right all the chips are falling in all the right places for the fans and the band and hopefully the family is getting enough that uh, they don't feel like they're getting taken advantage of and Everybody take it easy on Vicky. Come on. She's a grieving widow. Take it easy. She's got kids. She's a mother. <laughs> They're a family. Leave them alone. Family. Leave them alone. Don't be a bully. Yeah. Give it up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we're doing these weird accents. So let's move on to our next and final opening act topic of this week's Rock Squad podcast. We're talking some good old Canadian rock because that's where we're from. We're not from New York. We're not breaking anybody's legs. We're from Canada. This is where hey. we're going, Canada. All right, so we're from Canada. Sloan, uh, one of our favorite Canadian bands, really one of the best Canadian bands ever, as far as I'm concerned, are releasing their B-Sides Win Volume 2 compilation. Uh, this is a sequel to their B-Sides uh, Win Volume 1 compilation, which came out last year, the year before, I believe. Um, this one's going to contain music from 1998 to 2001, which was really a great period in Sloan's uh, discography from Navy Blues, Between the Bridges, and Pretty Together. Uh, it's going to be a vinyl-only collection. It's going to have a limited run of, uh, of 1,200 copies. And, you know, Dave, for me, Sloan is like the Canadian Beatles. When you think about Sloan and, and how they work as a band, there are really four distinct vocalists and songwriters that work within one band um, and they all work so well when you think about their their catalog of hits that they've had over the years they've had so many great hits they've had so many great songs they're a real songwriters band and they've really given their fans a lot to dig into when you think of b-sides canadian bands don't really release a lot of b-sides when you think of english bands or even certain american bands like weezer um they release a lot of B-sides. Oasis, over the years, they would release a single, and on every single was 
three or four uh, B-sides that you didn't get on the album. They was all brand new songs that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And Sloan is one of the only Canadian bands that did that as well. So they would release a lot of songs uh, that weren't on their records. And there are quite a few on this uh, compilation that I'm familiar with. Um, there's a song called Summer's My Season, which is fantastic. A great Chris Murphy song uh, that he wrote uh, back in the late 90s. Pretty Together, which is a great Jay Ferguson song. Um, At the Edge of the Scene, that's another great Sloan B-side. So uh, personally, as a music fan, uh, I'm a big collector of B-sides and, and uh, non-album tracks, and I love it when bands go above and beyond to record extra songs and give their fans uh, a little bit more to dig into. I love when you when you discover a band and you discover all these all these kind of diamonds in the rough and gems that, gems that you didn't know existed. So I'm uh, I'm really excited that they're compiling all these songs into one vinyl release. Yeah, it's super, super cool. Sloan's awesome. I feel the same way. They're kind of our kind of our Beatles and the fact that they all kind of sing and they all play different instruments and stuff. Kind of our Weezer because they were the post-grunge, yeah, you know, coming out of grunge kind of thing. Uh, also, Kurt Cobain's favorite Canadian band. Really? Don't know if people know that. Yeah, I, I saw an interview that. with him talking about going to Toronto and uh, there's some stuff written about him talking about uh, calling them when they're when they're heading out east when they were still based in Halifax yeah and uh, Crazy. yeah so it's one of those things they they're one of those they're one of those bands that really uh, hit with musicians you know they're like a music like band uh, musicians that love writing pop songs and love pop rock yeah. and uh, that era coming out of the grunge era or like you know even in the grunge era really um, but uh, yeah great band uh, that era of that band is amazing too. They put out some of their best work. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting. You know, we just had the Tragically Hip release their new uh, EP, which came out of the Road Apple sessions, which, which you know, still stands up. You, you're listening to that record and you're, or that EP and you're like, wow, this, they were a really great band in that era, yeah, yeah. you know, not that they're not now, but you know what I mean? And then you're listening to Sloan like that was that was a great era too for Sloan so it'll be really interesting to see what kind of gems pop up out of the uh out of the dust for that one yeah they already said they have a volume three on the way because they did cool. release a lot of b-sides in the in the 2000s as well so they have a volume three on the way uh I want to say it was about four years ago I saw them at the because beer festival down uh yep. Four park here in Hamilton and our uh radio booth was backed right out uh, onto the tent where they were playing. So in between breaks, I just awesome. like watched them side stage and they played all the hits and yeah, they're just, they're a songwriters band or a musicians band. They're a music bands band. They've just, they've given so much to Canadian music. And when I think of, you know, if I was to say, what are your top five favorite Canadian bands? Sloan would be in that conversation somewhere. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, they're, they're amazing. They're amazing guys, super nice guys. I've had a few run-ins with Chris Murphy through the years and everybody's, everybody's very gentlemanly and uh, they're, they don't, uh, you know, they're very East coast, very Halifax um, vibe. And uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see them get credit when uh, they deserve it so much. And they're kind of one of those underrated gems from Canada that uh, uh, the U S really missed out on. Yeah, for sure. So we're looking forward to, uh, I think it's already out the Sloan besides when volume two compilation, 1200 copies. So if you're a Sloan fan, uh, don't miss out on that. That is our final opening act topic for this week. And now we're going to get to our headliner topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast. And uh, this isn't a news item or anything like that. We actually thought it'd be fun to switch things up a little bit this week now that the uh, 
the eve of summer is here. Uh, we thought we would talk about summer rock albums. Um, Kerrang! actually uh, inspired this, the, the publication, the rock publication. They released their list of the 21 greatest rock and metal, metal albums for summertime. Um, I don't know, maybe some of our lists will uh, interact with this one day, but uh, Andrew WK, I Get Wet was on there, uh, which of course like sounds like Party Hard. That's a great summer tune. Uh, Audio Slave was on there with their self-titled record. Uh, Blink 182, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Anything Blink is usually pretty sure, summary yeah. for me. Uh, Deftones Around the Fur, uh, oh, yeah. which is yep. heavy, but still I, I can definitely get some summer yep. vibes from that. Uh, Green Day Dookie, uh, Jimi Hendrix Experience, Are You Experienced, and Weezer Blue Album. Those were the, some of the ones that were listed on the Kerrang! list. But Dave, now that summer is here, the sun's shining, the weather's been great here in Hamilton, so we're enjoying our... Uh, our summer already what what albums are you going to put on your ultimate summer rock playlist which albums are you going to so i you know i the, the crossover there would be the dookie and the blue album yeah they've always stood out for me and uh in that kind of era of of bands for summertime i always have a uh blood sugar sex magic vibe i always feel like old old uh chili pepper stuff kind of gets you know the funk it's funky it's fun um for sure but uh, honestly when summertime comes around i get really into punk for some reason like every year i get like it's like a lot of um southern california punk and northern california punk um from like the 90s and stuff like bands like goldfinger and uh you know bands like that like a band um other band like blink 182 of course you said um, like Enema of the State or one of the one of those records. Uh, anything from the band Lit. I was gonna say Lit. Lit yeah, it's a good one. Placing the um, Sun and Atomic. Those two oh, records. Ama- amazing summertime jams. You put those on. Everybody's having a good time. Um, one of my favorites is uh, So Much for the Afterglow by Everclear. Good choice. That's in that era. And um, uh, Smash by Offspring always bring back uh, summertime you know, uh, summertime vibes for me. Uh, you, you can even throw in uh, the green album with Island in the Sun. Um, you know, that, that's a, that, that whole record's pretty bright and poppy. Yeah, that's a definite um, one. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big uh, California punk guy. I love, I love Rancid in the summertime. Rancid always gets on my Ruby list. Ruby Soho action. Ruby Soho for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to, to jump on the ska bandwagon every once in a while. I'll have some, Dave. I'll have some ska's on there. Breaking up but, the horn uh, section. Yeah, as long as it's good, as long as it's good, <laughs> as long as it's moving, I'm, I'm on board. But yeah, the summertime for me is always uh, more of a punk rock thing. What about you? What did you have I think, on your list? I think we're both in the in the same ballpark here because yeah, when I when it comes to summertime music, summertime rock, I need things to be really sunny. And really upbeat. I'm thinking about driving in the car. I'm cranking the tunes. What songs are you going to put your shades on to? And you're going to cruise down the road to. That's kind of what I'm going for. I really want to feel the sunshine in my summertime playlist. Uh, Lit, A Place in the Sun and Atomic, like you were saying. Lit is one of my all-time summertime bands. Uh, there's cool. a great song on Atomic called uh, Sunny Weather, which is a great oh, yeah. uh, a great summertime song. Um, Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, or pretty much anything yeah. with the Beach Boys. I know that's not necessarily... Uh, you know, hard rock or punk rock or anything like that, but uh, they are classic uh, California sun, sunny, you know, sunny summertime music. So they're definitely on there. Um, Foo Fighters, there's nothing left to lose. 
Uh, their third oh, yeah. record uh, to me is such a huge sunny record because it's got these big sunny rockers. You got uh, learn to fly breakout generator, give me stitches um, sure. live in skin. So you got these big rockers, but then you have these really nice um, I like to call them like sundown ballads on that record. Um, like ain't it the life and Aurora. Um, like if you were thinking about a great uh, acoustic record, the Foo Fighters in your honor disc two would be a great one as well. Um, a couple more day wave the days we had, which is a record that came out a couple years ago, which is very, it's not hard rock, but it's dreamy pop. Um, just reminds me of summertime. Every time I hear it, it's one of those, nice. you know, windows down kind of records. Um, the new record from Seaway, which came out last year, big vibe. That is a great summer record as well. It came out in October when I first heard it, I thought I'm okay. Well, it's October now. I definitely have to break that out when summer finally comes around. So, uh, that and was vacation one of the, was good too. Vacation yeah, vacation's too. a great summer record too. Yeah, yep. totally. Um, yep. And then uh, Weezer's White Album, I put that on the list yep. as well. And then Third Eye Blind's third uh, third album called Out of the Vein is, uh, or oh, any yeah. Third Eye Blind really. Third yeah, Eye Blind sure. lit is one of yeah, Poppy Rock, yeah. one of my favorite summertime bands for sure. So those are some of my picks for great summertime rock. Yeah, it's, it, we crossed over pretty much exactly what I thought we would, <laughs> you know, and, and like more modern. If we're gonna talk, like that's kind of like my go-to like growing up music that yeah. I would listen to, but more modern i think i i get more into bands like uh kings of leon yep. in the summertime uh i tend to i tend to play more muse in the summertime oh, really? too yeah i like like especially like time band yeah i know it's it's weird i think it's just where i pick them up in in like my life you know what i mean like there's certain yeah. bands that and like you said the foo fighters in your honor is a great one that yep. i think a summertime too totally. um even um uh, color in the shape uh that like i got into that during the summer so i have a lot of memories of like swimming in friends pools and listening to that uh, that album in like backyards and stuff so yeah yeah there's so many so many great summer summer rock records but uh yeah i'm definitely my punk my punk level turns up as soon as the sunshine <laughs> you know i think it's because i used to skateboard too yeah so it's like when you're out there and you're if you're biking or skateboarding and stuff it's great to uh you know you just crank up the the punk rock and let go yeah for sure i think i think a lot of my favorite summer music like you're saying it's kind of tied to when we were younger a little bit uh like you're saying you know you're hanging out in backyards swimming in pools you're going skateboarding you know you're hanging out with friends i mean you still have that stuff you know you still have a lot of those summer vibes now but it's a little bit different right so it's yeah. uh I know a lot of, you know, when I think, when I listen, think of lit, I think back to being a teenager when that first album came out, it came out in the, in the summer. Um, it was a big summer album when it came out. So I still think I tie a lot of that uh, nostalgia to that record. So, um, but I, I love it. Like I, every time summer comes around, I love to, you know, either, you know, put together a playlist or, you know, rock a Spotify playlist, something that really represents that sunny, uh, that sunny vibe because uh, we live in Canada. And uh, not to say it's, it's always cold here, but uh, a large part of the year we are covered in snow and it's cold. So yeah. when the summer comes around, you really want to live it up with a good summertime playlist. For sure. You know what? You know who I listen to a lot in the summer? Uh, the band Rooney. Rooney. That was, uh, that's uh, Jason Schwartzman's brother, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. so. I believe so. Yeah, I really got into them. They have like they have a similar like kind of Weezer post-grunge 
uh vibe yeah. to them but like catchy pop songs and uh yeah. yeah like they're in they're in the mix all the time too like that'll that always pops up but yeah. one of those bands you wouldn't expect but yeah definitely. yeah in that room in that kind of uh groove we have you know like phantom planet too or uh jason Schwartzman's sure. band coconut records um, oh, yeah, yep. they they had a lunch the coconut records has a great song called the summer it's always summer. the summer back in alabama it's a good song yeah, yeah jason Schwartzman's who doesn't like jason short yeah he's the man for sure so yeah, yeah man like th- those are my summertime picks and I-, I dig your summertime picks as well we are very okay. much in sync when it comes to our summertime right. playlists unity brother unity yeah, so let us know if you're if you're watching the show, or you're listening on a on a podcast. Let us know in the comments what your favorite summertime records are, uh, or let us know on on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Rock Squad Pod what your favorite summer tracks are, and uh, and let us know. We'd love to hear some suggestions. I'm always looking for a good summertime song. Yeah, me too. Let us know. All right, so let's uh, wrap up the show with our tracks of the week. These are the songs that we've been listening to uh, this week. Uh, for me personally. We were talking about earlier in the show, Mammoth WVH, the new record is incredible. There's a song on this record called Epiphany, which I think is song number three or four. Uh, it's an incredible record all the way through, but that's definitely one of my songs uh, that I really enjoyed. And there's a song that uh, just popped up in one of my Spotify playlists. I think it popped up in a summertime playlist, Dave, to be honest. Uh, it's by a musician that I'm not too familiar with, but just started discovering named Briston Maroney. Um, and the song's called Freaking Out on the Interstate um it's uh it's a great it's not a hard rock song it's more of a melodic indie rock song it's hard to describe but it's a great song he's got a great voice so those are my uh my picks of the week my tracks of the week how about you awesome yeah i think um i think i'm gonna go because i was talking about southern california and that kind of stuff um anything off of smash by the offspring you know so when i think of driving to the cottage i think of being 11 years old and driving with my grandfather and turning up bad habit nice you know like in the the, the bridge and bad habit and, um so you know bad habit by offspring is one and uh the title track from so much of so much for the afterglow by everclear has a really has a really cool beach boysy kind of yes. intro yeah and uh whenever that pops on it, it makes you feel like summer it makes you think of palm trees and you know and that's interesting because you know for a band everclear uh known for santa monica and that that kind of vibe mm-hmm. aren't they from like boston massachusetts or something i don't even think they're a california band. oh yeah are they yeah boston maybe they're from chicago I, hold on well you know what we have ever we have uh, the internet here let's check it out quick uh, little google search uh portland oregon portland oregon so still you west coast I mean, but not socal by any stretch why did I think they were Boston? I don't know. Well, yeah, but anyways, still, yeah, not yeah. in the SoCal at all. Like they're not running to the beach, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, weird shit. But yeah, that's yeah. my uh, yeah. So much for the Afterglow, Everclear, Offspring, Smash. Those are my picks. Those are Nick's picks. Mm-hmm. That's our show. But before we go, make sure you drop down to the bottom. You subscribe to our channel. You like our video. You comment. You let us know what your summer picks are. Uh, you can follow us at Instagram. Rock Squad Pod, Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Red Coast Records. I'm on Instagram, Red Coast Records. We play in a band called Fools Union, foolsunion.com, Fools Union on Spotify, Fools Union on Apple Music, anywhere you get music. You can get this podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Nick, did we cover everything? 
Yeah, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. Uh, your reviews, your comments, your subscriptions, it all helps us out a lot. Uh, you can follow me at The Walking Nick and yeah, yeah, Rock Squad Pod. And we'll see you guys again for another episode of the Rock Squad Podcast next week. Until then, rock on, Dave. Rock on, Nick. <laughs>